Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to episode 53? 55. 55. 55. Wow. We can drive 55. We've survived. Uh, joining in the studio today is our special guest. John Creasel, what's going on? We're Andy glad Brand that you're Bernard. here. Tommy's here. We're all here. And we're going to take a quick break and then uh, really excited. I've been chasing this guy for about four months to get him on the show. And he finally gave up. There's no excuse not being able to catch a guy with no legs, though, (laughs) if you're chasing. Electrons are faster. Those those prosthetics are pretty good these days. Yeah, damn right. (laughs) We'll be right back. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. We are back with Car Selling Secrets from Walzer Automotive Group with uh, John Chrysler, a very special guest. For those of you that don't know John's story, I'm going to just go through it quickly. I know that you've told it a million times. He was in the uh, Minnesota National Guard and wounded in Iraq very seriously. It's a, and I always get them wrong. I know they're not called IUDs. That's the pregnancy IEDs. prevention. Yeah, that would be a hell of a way to lose legs. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> what were they doing up there? That's right. <laughs> you installed very You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Um, IED. Right. There, yep. there we go. Uh, in 05, and he almost died a few times, lost both of his legs. Came back, uh, started a career as a motivational speaker, served in the Minnesota uh, House of Representatives for a few years. Tom's going to just drill him for the last segment of the show. Yeah, and get baby. Him back into politics. But Governor Griesel. We talked about like uh, you GK. being on the show today on the morning show, and I got a letter from a listener. He goes, "Hey, Doug, I'll, I'll have to maybe try and listen to the, a podcast for the first time in my life today." I was on the same deployment as Sergeant uh, Chrysler, actually in a different company with his cousin Ricky, who was a sky, squad leader with Alpha Company 2135. John was on the tarmac waiting for his fe- fellow Desert Bulls to deplane upon our return. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the guy's name is uh, Tom Kessler. Okay. If you know him. So anyway, Rings a bell for sure. It's a Tom to Kessler hi. from where? That does sound very familiar. Tom Kessler. He's a, he's a big KQ listener. Oh, okay, maybe and that's now maybe he'll become a podcast listener. This is very because he's never attempted one. to do it before. Well, it's complicated. You there know. are people that over the age of fifty who just they're too intimidated by it. Well, it was yeah. the worst name marketing wise ever, right? Podcast. Yeah, I mm-hmm. agree. They don't even make iPods anymore. Yeah, no. yeah, it's because of the iPod. But yeah, it's yeah. And nowadays it would be what phone cast. 
That might yeah. be worse. Or a computer. I mean, yeah, right. anything you, you ever want. to just called it digital radio. Digital yeah. radio. Okay. DR, yeah. Yeah. yeah, digital radio would have been best. Our talking so, text line is open. It's 561-228-4061. I have a million questions for you. All right. But what I'm curious about, you know, the country is super distracted with the riots and Black Lives Matter and uh, the upcoming election and COVID-19 and murder hornets and all this sort of stuff. Oh, and we've kind of, kind of forgotten that we still have troops deployed in the Middle East. Yeah. What's going on over there? Well, Afghanistan's still a little bit hot. Iraq basically is just small uh, contingencies <laughs> over there dealing with if ISIS has a flare-up or yeah. whatever, then they could quick respond. So I think that's more of a special operations type deal. Uh, they started dialing back Afghanistan maybe last year. Um, the president's goal was to be out of there, but um, mm-hmm. stuff's going on. There's outside forces meddling in there, so I, I don't know. That's a God, we're man, stuck there, kind of. Twenty years, mm-hmm. yeah. And do you, do you think we ever get out? I mean, eventually we have to. But I mean, I can't even believe it's been. T- I was I, listening to the KQ Morning Show on nine eleven when I used to work at the ink factory in Minneapolis there, yeah. and you. Yeah, you would say there was a hole in the size in the World Trade Center tower the size of Minneapolis. But we thought it was a plane crash. A white plane. Little did we know that it was really going to hit the fan. And then, yeah, 20 years later. I I was going to play golf at uh, Mississippi Dunes on a Sunday in the middle of October when they announced that we had bombed Afghanistan. I Mm -hmm. thought, well, we'll be in and out of there pretty quick, which explains why I'm a car salesman and not a military general. (laughs) Well, that's true. It's a good point. Well, I don't think anyone at the time would have guessed 20 years later we'd still be there. No. So, well, I don't you know. know if you, the Russians were there for a long time, and they couldn't. They no. finally said, screw this, we're out of yeah. here. It's, uh, but did, I haven't read much about Iraq lately, and I know it's just a small force, but from, I think I read something recently that the Iraqis don't even want us there anymore. Is that true, or is that not quite the whole story? Well, I, I can only speak to, to when I was there. Is they, they wanted us there. But when the when there'd be the insurgency, that would get if they were seen cooperating with us or any other coalition forces, some of the insurgents in our area, they would go, they would kidnap people, they would torture them for about three days, then they'd leave them outside of the village with their hands bound behind their back and beheaded to send a message to the village. That's a to not talk. message. So then it appeared that they didn't want us there because they weren't going to look at us. They weren't even going to, uh, they wanted nothing to do with us because it could get them or their family killed. Yeah. So there's some of that at play too is the fear. And if ISIS wants us gone and ISIS is taking it out on the local populace, then the local populace just by definition, they want us gone because of what they're having to do. Oh, with. I get it. Yeah. That's oh, a bizarre, God, bizarre deal, bizarre war. Um, yeah. <sighs> Well, let's talk about your experience. So this all happened in 05. 06. 06. Yep. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Oh, that's okay. And years of recovery, and then you decided to write a book. Mm-hmm. How did how did that happen? Why did you decide to do that? Because it's, it's unusual, right? Yeah. I mean, there's tons of wounded vets. Yes. And there aren't very many that do what you did. Right. And... Um... To the level I was wounded, it's actually it's it's pretty rare as far as the number of people deployed, and then the number that lost a limb, number that lost two limbs. So of course, well, obviously, than, like it's more than you and Tammy Duckworth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, have you met her again? By the way, I have not. Uh, no, it's just curious. She was, I think, maybe a year before me. Um, but so I gave a speech to raise funds for the Boy Scouts in Stillwater when I was leaving. 
there was a gentleman that walked out to my car and he was like, that should be a book. And I was like, yeah, that, that would be, because it is crazy. There are days that I go, did this really happen to me? Yeah. Right. Um, and then everything afterwards. So we talked. Uh, I didn't know him, so I had to get to know him first. Now he's become one of my best friends. He's my uh, business manager. He deals with booking all my speeches, all the business side of the book You stuff, can go ahead and plug that if you yes, want. Yes, johnmcreasel.com or stillstandingstory.com. The book's available on Amazon, local bookstores. But, um, so we worked on it for about two years. So we, I met him in 2008. I got home from Iraq or from uh, Walter Reed Medical Center in late 2007. So this was less than a year later. And then uh, we published it originally in 2010. So much happened in my life between 2010 and 2018 that we did a full revamp of the book and re-released it in 2018. I, I think the first time I saw you speak was, and we talked about this this morning on the morning show, it was the uh, Minnesota Auto Dealers Association. They used to call it the Christmas lunch, but that's not PC anymore, so sure. they called it the holiday buffet. Of which, oh, and they won't have a buffet anymore. <laughs> And I will tell you that Scott Lambert is a good friend of mine. He's the head of GMADA, and he's the guy that books all the speakers. You're the only one that's been any good. Awesome. Well, I appreciate well, that. That's kind of had, negative. He had Winston Churchill's grandson one year, and he sucked. Really? And then he had, uh, I'm not going to name who it was, but somebody that you guys have heard of before in media, did a 45-minute PowerPoint presentation on the history of squad cars in the state of Minnesota. Okay. Hmm. And in 1972, what? they changed the color. Oh, Click. great. Yeah. We were ready to kill. So when did Rosen do that? <laughs> <laughs> How did you know it was Mark? Marky. Marky. But John tells his story, and 10 minutes later, and car salespeople, are, they'll have massive egos, huge ADD. They don't pay attention to anything. You could have heard a pin drop, and there's people crying. It was really a very moving story. So I I'm appreciate really it. glad that you're here. But So how did you make the leap from that into politics so uh i live in cottage grove that had been a traditionally dfl stronghold um so i was approached in 2000 late 2009 about running and so we went and had lunch i met with a, a state rep that was from the district south of me and then a um Someone that was an operative higher up in the House Republican. I love that. Uh, House of Republican operative. Yeah, it, 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 fantastic. Yes, Ian Marsh is his name. He's now a lobbyist. Um, just a political genius. He, he gets the chess game of it, mm-hmm. which I, that part intrigued me the most. It is interesting, actually, when you listen to those guys talk and how they think. Right. And so I didn't have a hell of a lot of a, a desire to do it. But my my wife at that time was like, I think you'd be good at it. Starter wife? Yes, the starter <laughs> wife was. Yes. And so I thought, I was like, you know what? If, if I'd be good at it, why not? I mean, it's a crazy thing to do. I had, was kind of looking for direction, and it, that was going to be a hell of a, 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 a way to prove to myself that I had recovered from my injuries by knocking on thousands of doors. So I agreed to do it. Uh, little did I know that I was kind of a, like a suicide bomber at that time because they thought... <laughs> I was. They were hoping I was going to use up some DFL resources. Oh, I see. That was just a money sack yes. kind of thing. So then, th- th- because we had a good shot at taking the majority in 2010. Yeah. Well, when the polling started coming out, there's, they always determine, okay, does this guy have a shot? Then they'll put assets in that district, <clears throat> right. which is the smart way of doing it. Well, then all of a sudden, they sent a campaign, st- they sent a field staffer, then a, I think another one. 
So then I knew I was well in the mix, and then uh, out door knocked the opponent, and I won by 400 and I think 52 votes. So I was the first Republican out of the ever. Six hundred people that live in Cottage That's right. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I dated a gal from there in between marriages, and she grew up there. She called it Hooterville. I don't know if that's still the uh, code nickname. Never, or... never heard of it. Anyway, is it just a lot of gals <laughs> with big, big guns. Well, <laughs> nah, I think she thought it was more of a. I, I don't want to say. Never mind. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Look, let me explain. Smithall's all jacked up because they're going to pass a law that women don't have to wear shirts anymore. Yeah, in public. yeah. I'm sure. He's all excited. He's going to go it. hang out at the park in Minneapolis. <laughs> 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 let me go to a homeless I, camp. You think the guy'd sell me your old house? Yeah, because you look at BAB. Yeah, you know they finally, finally cracked down on that beach across my old house. Really? Yeah, they finally they sent drones and everything. Well, guys were hanging their schwanzes out. It's like, come on, we don't need to see that. No, I got no. (laughs) Ladies, you can take your shirt off all you want, especially if it's like a Lexington Steel type guy. Then just makes us all feel bad. (laughs) Exactly. Why does that guy have three legs? <laughs> they call him the human tripod. Ooh, we got to take a break. We could be right back. Though. All right, we'll be right back with more. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great (laughs) it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. We are back with Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets special guest, John Kreisel, in studio with us. Tom's got some late-breaking news, apparently, from our friends at the Babylon Bee. Babylon Bee, ladies and gentlemen, you need to pay attention to this because you're going to run into trouble if you don't do it. In a move that's being called unprecedented tyranny, Walmart is now requiring all shoppers to wear pants in their stores. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at the very end, the Walmart spokesperson says, just throw on some sweats, some pajama, bo- pajama bottoms, whatever. This is for the health and mental safety of our employees. And for the love of God, take a shower once in a while, you know? <laughs> it is yeah. a unique place. That is a unique place, yeah. I've only been in Walmart once in my life. Really? Me too. <clears throat> to buy cinnamon Pepsi. 
It you know, you can gross. finally you can find virtually any product ever yep. made there, and their their grocery stores actually become pretty good. We go to the yep. one in Hastings, oh, really? down at the marina, because they close the target. They put Target out of business right across the street. Didn't yeah. you ever hear why? It, and I I would go back and if I had to go to a Walmart, I don't think there's anyone here near me. I don't know whatever, but I'm driving no along, coming down. Walmart is. I don't. I have no idea. Hmm. But I was coming down down 81, and Catherine calls me. and Goes, we need some water softener salt. And I said, okay, I'm well, I'm right on 81 here, so I'll just pull over. So I go into the Walmart and I walk in, and I'm the only white guy in there. Right. That's right next to our Hyundai store. Yeah, right. Right around the corner from right Fleet Farm. The, yes, yep. exactly. Right around the corner from Fleet Farm. So I walk in there. I'm the only honky in there, and I walk up to this woman, and I said, uh, could you tell me what the water softener salt is? And she said, and I quote. Why don't you go shop at Target with all the other white people? Jeez. <laughs> I was like, holy yeah. God. And I just started laughing. And she looked at me like, what are you laughing at? I was like, God, really? That is a little harsh. That's I harsh, yeah. Sam Walton knows about that. He's up in heaven or hell or whether, wherever he is. Is he still driving a 56 I think uh, he drives pickup? some old shit pile like he that. Does, yeah. He did World's forever. World's richest retailer drives a $10 truck. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the rich stay rich. Yeah, a lot of them are like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a guy, he's a famous car guy. Pat is no longer with us. Don Sears, who owns Sears Imports. And this guy, in addition to all the car dealerships, he owned farms all over the Midwest. I didn't know that. Uh, Yeah. He would buy a nice guy. He, he would buy family farms and with the agreement that the parents could stay there as long as they wanted to and then really? when they're ready to go that he would take over. Love so it. everybody uh-huh. just a lovely guy. He would drive he around in like a seventy nine Impala and he had a ten dollar hat on and a raincoat from Sears. It's like funny. Love spend it. some of it. Anyway, John, I got a couple questions for you. Um, so part of what <clears throat> put you on this path was really public speaking, it sounds like. Did you know you were good at public speaking before no. the bomb? No. Isn't that I, crazy? It is crazy. And I, I think part of it, when I would be telling my story when I got back, and I was on medication. You know, I was still a patient <laughs> at the hospital. So then you don't have a fear. And I, not that I've ever been afraid of getting up in front of people Which and, and talking to Which terrifies some people and others right. of it's us. True, it's yeah. like, come on in. Right, let we've her rip. We've yes. had some people on the show. They're like, yeah, they're these powerful people and they come on the show they're like uh yes yeah i bring people uh, in sometimes and they're just terrified of yeah. you know who the yeah. most confident well, I start person with you I son know. of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> tom ryan the guy uh with his paul's great cousin who come, and he's a great storyteller great the guy. book collector he was so nervous it really and does guy, some people it's just, just a fabulous salesperson yeah. so you never had that but you just right. got up and well, natural. Yeah. I mean, I did it for, I don't do it anymore, but when people come in, I go, you better be good, damn it. Yeah. I don't do that anymore, though. Why polishing not? your shotgun. <laughs> It'd be not? pretty funny. Yeah, polish don't, look shotgun. Don't, <laughs> right. don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Yeah, it, it, it's weird, and that's why, like, looking at my life now, I can't, I can't believe it. If you had said, if you told me before I went to Iraq, you're going to lose your legs, you're possibly going to die. You're, all this is going to happen, but you're still you're going to end up at the very end of it with a better life than you had before. I mean, yeah. like, you're you, you're yeah, not crazy. Yeah. That's great. It's it's crazy how it works. Attitudes a lot a lot of it, and I think yeah. had I not been, I'd have a different outlook had I not been awake after the bomb went off when I was laying there. I was convinced I was going to die. <sighs> so the fact that I survived when I woke up at Walter Reed eight days later. I was just thrilled to be alive. I saw that right. my legs were gone. I had other injuries. I knew I had a huge recovery ahead of me and a lot of work to do. But 
I was so happy to be alive. Where if I had been knocked out right when the bomb went off, then and I woke up, my legs were gone. I, mm. I might have been a little more jaded. Well, I don't yeah. know what the statistics are, but losing two limbs in the field, the mortality has to be pretty high. So yeah, I think it is. The fact that you did survive is, yeah, you're one of the few. So I got I, very lucky. I, on a personal note, I used uh, your story a uh, couple of years ago. My son, who was in 11th grade at the time, and the worst high school student in the history of the state, other than his dad, um, he's bombing out of everything. His mom is, like, throwing him out of the house. He's living with me. He's not doing very well. And he goes, you know, Dad, I got a buddy of mine who's in the in the guard and I, you know, I kind of want to talk and see what that's all about. So I said, all right. So we went over to the recruiting center and the recruiter was great. Mm -hmm. I expected the used car salesman, yep. the hard clothes like you hear about. This guy was, you know, he's 25. He goes, turn my life around. It was terrible. And it's not for everybody yeah. and kind of explained the whole deal. I could never do it. And Wes was kind of back and forth. And I said, just so you know, um, it's, it's a great opportunity. It might be really good for where you're at in your life, but to think that this is not can't be dangerous is stupid. I know yeah. this guy, and he was deployed probably just like you when he was in early 20s, and it damn near killed him. Mm -hmm. And you know his life's turned around. And you know he kind of I wasn't trying to talk him out of it. I just wanted to let him know that okay, this isn't this yeah. is like the grown up world. This isn't 11th grade anymore. Right. And he decided for whatever reason not to do it. His son, his uh, buddy's still in the, in the guard kind of a meathead which made me laugh you know when they call when the governor called out the national guard for the lake street riots i'm like i know that kid i wouldn't trust him with a splat ball <laughs> well that's but that's, nice. that's probably the the vibe i gave off too just because yeah. i'm a goofball and stuff but when there's that's a good thing about the military you've got so many people from all different walks of life yeah and then when there's a job to be done it gets done flawlessly yeah. because you all everybody works together doesn't matter the challenges you work together to get through it that look they got the whole riot situation under control immediately now, i mean I'm, they got down I'm, there and handled i'm not stuff. an army guy but i remember when waltz who was in the guard for what 25 years or something like that he first called up 500 guys and I'm like i don't think that's going to be enough the yeah. whole south minneapolis right. is i don't think he had a firm grasp on, yeah. on exactly mm. what uh what was what are you required? Do? One Unit guy in every block? Not. That's not going to work. No. And then as soon as they called up everybody, which was, what, 1,000 or 1,500, it was pretty much... Right. Well, it, we the, the state's got 10-plus thousand National Guard between Air National Guard, Army National Guard. Once they were all on their way, then I think... Who are the biggest pussies, the Air National Guard? Oh, that's <laughs> I can't, nice. I can't that's say that. Nice. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> or as we call them, the Chair National Guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Wow. We all give each other shit, obviously, well, in different jobs. I know, that's a jobs. military oh. thing. But that's, uh, that's why I picked infantry. I wanted to be boots on the ground, kicking doors in. That's... Mm. No, the, the door kicking days are behind yeah. me now, but yeah. Not necessarily. Please knock politely. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Who is it? <laughs> It works. Right? I remember my brother got back from Vietnam. He was in the United States Marine Corps in Vietnam. And there was a movie, John Wayne movie called, I think it was just called The Green Beret. It was about the Green Beret. And when he left the movie, my brother turns to me and goes, they're not bad. They're not U.S. Marines, but they're not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is, you know. Yeah. That's just how it is. They're not Marines, but they're okay. <laughs> they do a good job. Yeah, Green Beret does a good job. funny yeah. that... Few people I know in the military are all very, very different. So, I mean, we got your brother. Mm -hmm. We got my grandpa. You know, we got you. We got Brittany. 
You know, how much very more, how much more people, disparate very personalities people, can yeah. you get in that group of four people? But you know, they've all got one thing in common. I don't know that I'd want to fight Brittany. I'm just telling you. Well, no, she I don't think so. Over in Kuwait and Iraq mm-hmm. and all that. I don't think was I'd a, want uh, She was an army to... medic. Okay. She was yeah, deployed she was. overseas. God yeah. bless her. Well, that yeah, is a that's uh, wonderful person. That is an awful job. It is. Oh, I mean, God, is, yeah. They, uh, I don't know if she ever had to do a field amputation, but I, yeah. That's one thing. She I petted do. a dog a couple times. I don't know. <laughs> she she a dog. That's the hardest thing she had to do. Apparently, over there. a dog wouldn't leave her alone. It just kept following her wherever she went. Well, and those, unfortunately, those ones usually you got to put you got to put down That's because they, they'll be giving away your position. Yeah. If we, right. There'd be nights we'd be going to do a raid in the middle of the night, and I'd I'd hold up the, and my buddy Tim, my squad leader, would be like, "All right, you got the back. Make sure everyone's staying in front of you, or whatnot." Mm-hmm. Well, then I have this dog growling at me, trying to nip at. Nip at my ankle. So I mean I could have lost my feet from that dog, who knows? Yeah. But uh exactly. But then yeah, we gotta you gotta hit the you gotta get them out of there. And I love animals. But mm-hmm. in that it's like this dog could get me killed because no it's doubt. barking and yipping and mm. we gotta take a call on line two from the ASPCA. Yeah. We'll be right back after this short break. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are Officer Dave back. says to stop throwing them under the bus, Doug. Okay, thanks, Officer. <laughs> oh, throwing, was. throwing cops under the bus? I don't know. I think maybe he was in the air National, the National Guard. Guard thing. I don't know. John, this is a guy who's about uh, six four, six five. Probably weighs about two seventy five, and there's zero mm. fat involved. <laughs> this guy's shoulders are this wide. Great guy. Okay. He's a cop. I forgot to do this, the tradition of car selling secrets. You reminded me. No, Andy did. Andy reminded me. I knew I was getting schooled by somebody. John, tell us about the very first car you ever owned. And if it's a terrible story, just make up something cool. That's what most guests do. 1984 Chevrolet S10 Blazer Tahoe package. It's a nice car. It was, yeah. And it was, my dad gave it to me. It was already paid off. And I got my license in like 96, 97. I forget. Right on my birthday. Loved it. And I was one of the first of my friends to get my license. So we would pack in. We'd somehow fit. I think we had 13 people in there one time. We had them just piled up. Was it a two-door S10? Two-door. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and just, and it would go, I took it off of jumps a couple times, bent the running boards up, just stupid shit. I beat the piss out of that truck. Apparently. And it's still, I mean, that thing. That was a tank. I mean, if I had been riding in that thing in Iraq, You'd been I fine. bet I, my legs would, have, would <laughs> well, still be... You, you wouldn't be here today. Yeah, right. 
Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when you ask people those stories because they're all the first car is always really special. Mm-hmm. And it's normally kind of a shit pile. Some mm-hmm. people, the, we were doing negative. this when Catherine and uh, Alex were in here. And of course, Alex, you know, we're all, yeah, my first car was terrible. I had put oil in it every five minutes. And Alex goes, I think my first car was the Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> No big deal. Daddy spoiling the kids. Uh, Andy, what was your first car? Uh, I think the Durango. Oh, I think it was nice. the Durango, yeah. Yeah, the Durango. So, yeah, Alex had a hell of a run, didn't he? <clears throat> you were in the house for two years? Yeah, one so term. one term, and then you bailed. Why? And how come you're not going back in? Uh, Tom's going to come off the top rope. Right? Really off the top rope, Ah. So at that time, too, it, my first marriage, the, my stepsons had wanted me to spend more time at home. If you want to be a good state rep, you have to live at the Capitol. And I don't like yeah, to half-ass anything. Yeah, that yeah. was during, we, when I was elected, we had a $5.7 billion budget deficit. Tough times. We had it, real tough times. Um, we had Viking Stadium, that was the whole same-sex marriage battle. All of that was during my one term. So I felt like it was a, a busy enough two years that I... I was fine, but I just decided, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be done and, be and open the, yep, yep, you know, and that was that was the right decision, yeah. You and Mike Lindell, governor, lieutenant governor. Now we're talking. Yes, Little we'll Jack, see. I don't know if, Jack Brewer in there running the running the show. Yeah. You guys would be amazing. I think if if I did decide to run, I think I would. What I would like to do would pick pick a liberal Demo- or even I would say a moderate Democrat because I'm a moderate Republican a moderate Democrat as the lieutenant governor why don't they do that anyway? I have no idea that's it, a great idea and uh, I'll tell you why it doesn't happen more often here or I think ever I don't know yeah. if it's ever been done here Minnesota has such a the endorsing conventions always were right. the biggest I think the biggest problem with the state the reason Republicans didn't statewide do well is because who goes to these conventions are the the furthest to the right, right. just like on, on the other side. with indirect yeah. election, which yep. is what we really have. Right. Yep. You know, it's the primary voting, which is a very small part of the population. Yep. It's usually the bomb throwers on both sides of the aisle. But right? the but the primary, you're more Sorry likely. About the bomb thrower thing. Oh, I'm not afraid yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, Doug. Yeah, I didn't know it on purpose. You know, I was in a bomb. Unbelievable. You're canceled yeah, now. You're yeah, canceled. No, you're out. Yeah. Um, it's one of those where the primary would attract a more moderate voter than the people that take a day off of work yeah. and go to the convention. Those are the real passionate ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to be conservative enough for those people. They're no. The, those no, are the ones not. that they will say, I know that this guy has no chance of winning, but I agree with him 100%. Whereas if you agree with someone 70%, that's pretty damn good. And if they have a good chance at getting elected, that's the candidate you need. Electability is so important. And so that I always said, if I run for a statewide uh, office, right to I'd skip the convention and go right to the primary. Yeah, Love that's it. that's interesting. You know, Jimmy Francis, who's the mayor of South St. Paul, was kind of complaining about the whole uh, <clears throat> convention thing for mm-hmm. some of those very reasons. I, uh, I I read something recently, and I thought it was you know, and it's people are either for the president or dead against him. Same thing with Biden. And this guy said, look, it's the president you're voting for. This isn't a marriage. It's like public transportation. Yeah, Pick right. the bus that gets you closer to where you want to go Absolutely. and then mm-hmm. shut up. Yep. You right. just crease old Francis. There you go. There you go. Um, there's a ticket. <laughs> Ooh, I That's love the hot that ticket. ticket. He'd never, they're, they're, they're both too highly verbal, though. 
Well, they are both there. <laughs> Nobody ever showed up. <laughs> and, and he's worse. I mean, with Jimmy, oh, Jimmy you'd never yeah. get a word in. He'd be true. governor silent. But John would make him do most of his speeches as uh, as Carl Franklin. As Carl Franklin, yeah. Tom, how are you? It's phenomenal. I will Jimmy Franz is a very talented guy. That I recently took a an American like you know how American politics works kind of course. And well, it's my not my first course, but it's the first time I paid attention. Oh, and, okay, that's great. Um, I will say that that whole uh, the conventions and the like, the multiple different kinds of primaries and everything. That's the one thing I really I just never understood. I read it all, and it just it didn't make sense because there's so many different kinds of ways that people get into running, and some of them are you know secret, and some of them aren't secret. Some of them are open. It's it's all very convoluted and weird. I was yeah. listening to an interview two days ago. It was Vin Weber, and then I don't remember the guy's name, but it was Obama's campaign director. And they were they were both on the same page about the, the national conventions are a complete waste of time. They because are, everybody yeah. has to get up there and you know hammer the platform together, and it's all the radicals, and that's never what winds up. To sit, right, they, they sprint. They, to they that, shouldn't to, even have them. They sprint to the fringes. Yeah. T- then they get the endorsement, yeah. and they get the party's nomination, and then both candidates sprint to the middle. Yeah. yeah. Because that's where the majority of voters are. They, they never they, actually get it, there. Minnesota, if we could end up with an earlier primary, a June primary rather than August, that would mm. that would be a big help. Because think about it, if you've got a real greasy battle. A greasy primary, you win that in August. Now you got to get back online for for the yep. general, and you've already been att- you've been attacking your own political party. They've been attacking. Mm-hmm. It's never a, a great thing. Where at least then June, July, August, September, October, you've got a chance to get the campaign up and running for the because general. Most state prime or, or, or much earlier, right? I believe in spring, so, yes. early summer for yep. most of them. So, well, they just had the Alabama one Tuesday. Okay. Um, Isn't Jimmy Francis a Democrat? I think he is. That would be I a perfect combo, actual, man. I don't, I don't think he is an actual Democrat. I think he's just in the Democratic Party, if that makes sense. We need, we need more of that. because so I when, when I was, agree more. When I was elected, I sat there. I watched Fox News at, at home before, before I was elected. And I'd sit there, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I agree. I'd basically, as we all should, we vote based on what's best for our family, our own situation. Right, right. Then I was elected, and it was kind of a holy shit. Now I represent 40,000 people, whether they voted for my opponent or they voted for me or they mm-hmm. didn't vote. Right. And I learned so much from the other side. There's so many great people that we disagree with politically that now in 2020 we go... That person's an asshole. I can't even talk to them because we're in different political parties. I know. It's ridiculous. ridiculous. We're the same people. We have. We might have a couple different views, but agree on the rest of the stuff, and that's what makes us different parties. But I learned so much how to – the phrase was how to disagree without being disagreeable. We can, we can debate ideas without being assholes. That's not against the law, but – in 2020, it feels like it is. So that I, that made me a better person, yeah. a better leader, and and kind of changed the rest of my life. Because now I look at stuff from both sides and go, I may not agree with that, but I can understand where they're coming from. That's yeah. a big difference. See, yeah. that's it. That's I, I exactly like to right. think that Minnesota politics isn't nearly as bad as the national political God, no. scene. No, and and you know we'll we'll have our you have your caucus meetings before you go out on the House floor, so you have a bloodbath behind closed doors, and then you have a united front out when the cameras are yeah. on. Um, but you go out there and you'll have a bloodbath with the other side and they'll, I'd be sitting there and it would be a, 
absolutely kind of a mindless yes vote or a no vote. Like, we're already on board with it. We've got... Right. And the other side is sitting there going, they know... Rep, in Representative Creasel's district, there's 36% of people are fall into this group, and so he's going to vote against this. And, the, and it gets your attention. You're like, oh, my God, they, they study all that stuff. And you know not to take that personal. They're lobbing a bomb over there to be like, right. a, a gotcha going, you're voting against what your district, you know, but they twist right. every. But it's fun. The chess part of the chess game part of it, I absolutely loved well, so go back in. I might. I well, might. We'll see. My current on, wife is kind of... now. We'll see. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I can announce my part because when he gets elected, I'm going to be appointed the captain of the death squad. Yes. Oh, so I want to go around everybody and go, I'm going to tell you one time, you're going to follow the rules. Don't make me come back here. <laughs> That's going to be my job. It's going to be great. If I have to come back here, it's not going to be it pretty. It ain't going to be pretty. I'm just telling you flat out. I'm threatening everybody in the state. Yeah. I love the idea of you running for governor with a moderate Democrat. I, I think it's a brilliant – that's where we need – or that or we need a third party. Mm-hmm. With the and, that'll, and that'll never take off no. the thing, yeah. the, because of right. money. Nope. We've right. tried. If it was ever going to right. happen, it would have happened after Jesse won. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. But he – that poor bastard, um, I probably would disagree with him on the weather, but he – he sat there getting it from both sides. He did. I mean, he did. Yeah. And he just sat there. I mean, that Jesse Ventura is one of the only things that has united Republicans and Democrats in this state besides yeah. the Vikings. I get you know, it. It's That's like right. it's. I, I but I uh, teach Tom about this all the time. I blame him for the current state of affairs because first he helps Jesse get elected, mm-hmm. and everybody's laughing at Minnesota. Four years later, California goes, watch this, and we get Arnold Schwarzenegger. Man, you get Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wait a second. So that was my some, fault, too. Got, uh, that guy from Saturday Night Live. Let's make him a senator. Al Michelle Bachman. You're the start of the butterfly much. effect. That's right. It was. It's my it's fault. total insanity. I still can't believe Franken hasn't called me. I defended him and that woman when they accused him and, and said he, he. there's no way he should have been kicked out of office. He, Never I, heard I from agree him. he shouldn't have stepped down. I mean, it, it because the unintended consequence of that is it gave fuel to the fire. Yep, oh, yeah. it's an admission of guilt, basically. Yeah. Yep. So basically, now I'm glad that he got kicked out. <laughs> he hasn't bothered to call and thank me. So <laughs> he he I, I know he listens to this podcast all the time. So I would do it every If somebody did that for there. me, I'd call him and go, man, I know we don't get along, but, uh, you know, uh, thank you. That's even more of a reason to thank them. Absolutely. You go, I wouldn't have expected you to have my back. So I had thank a great you. conversation with Garrison Keeler about three months, four months ago. It was a great conversation. I had a really nice time talking to him. When did I, you, you know, run into Garrison Keeler? I know it wasn't Burger King. Once again, I defended him when that happened to I, him. I know you did. But, and then, but he actually called me. Huh. Yeah. Now, he's a, Garrison's actually a very nice guy, a very smart guy. Oh, yeah. So... All right, get it done, pal. I don't want to hear any excuses. <laughs> We're done. We're doing it. I'll be the death squad. So get he, Jimmy Francis geez. to be the uh, lieutenant governor. God, we got to. I tried to talk Palenti into doing that, you know, too. Yeah. When he was, I said, I want to be the death squad head guy, and then you need to get a Democrat as you're running. Me. I don't I was know so if that's going to he... play well to the entire constituency. Okay, I'd like to be the governor, and I get a death squad guy. <laughs> I was so pissed that he didn't win the, the party nomination. Oh, he's, plenty? He last is time around. such a great human being. He's a great guy. Just a, a great, lot of work. He was, when I was at Walter Reed, one of the first calls I got, he called me. Yep. I was in the hospital, and he had asked, 
How are you doing? Is there anything you need from us in Minnesota? And I, and if yep. you're not getting the care you need at Walter Reed, you let me know. I will fix it. And God, I was wonderful. like, awesome. Then he called a couple days later just to shoot the shit. And then he called again, and we became friends over it. He did the foreword to my book. Mm-hmm. He said he's that. turned down a ton of forewords. He's like, but yours, I had to do. And he just... What a caring guy. He had told me when I was in the he hospital, is, he yeah. said, the Republican convention's coming here in 2008. He said, you will be a guest in my suite. I said, okay. I forgot about it. I saw him up at the governor's fishing opener um, that spring. And he was like, oh, by the way, we got we to gotta get you get your passes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then from just such a good guy. He was a good leader. The last Republican to win a statewide. Yeah. And that's two, 2006. It's been 14 years since a statewide Republican. God, is that right? And I don't think that speaks to, to Minnesota. That speaks to the candidates that have been put yeah. up there. I didn't even know that. Who is it, Jeff Johnson? Yeah. I don't even know him. I don't know him. County about commissioner in, in Hennepin County. Is he a decent he, guy? He's a good guy, and oh, he's okay. got good views. But the thing is, you just not a not a statewide recognition. And, right. And in Minnesota, a Johnson or an Anderson. That, yeah, you tough. would think. <laughs> Johnson yeah. to do really well. Yeah. Is he the good one or the bad one? I can't remember. Right. Look at this. Yeah, I really thought that McCain over. was going to pick Polanyi for a VP. I did too. Yep. And I probably would have voted for him. And I, I well, did but I, he actually called me. McCain called me and said, eh, Sarah's got bigger ones. So I, oh, jeez. Nah. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I got to meet her too. I got to welcome them she's out. She's a plane. piece of work, man. Yeah. She's, she a, she's a little out there, but she's out there. She's fetching. A little out oh, there. Oh, yeah, she's very kind. Pretty. She's a very, very attractive woman. You know who else was? Was uh, uh, what the hell was his name? The vice president, uh, George H.W. Bush. What the hell was his name again? Quayle? Was Quayle, it? yeah, Dan yeah, Quayle. Quayle. His wife, God, she was smarter than hell and very pretty woman. She was. Didn't take a picture well. I always thought she looked like Skeletor. Right. All of a sudden, <laughs> a little thin on camera. Yeah, but right? she walked into the room and was like, damn. She's very pretty, very pretty woman. All right, look at this. We went way over, but how could we not? How could Thank we you not? So exactly. much for you got it anytime. I appreciate really you guys. I don't want to hear any me. excuses. Okay, but I in the meantime, no people should book me to speak at their motivational events or at should. their how conventions. JohnMCreasel.com is where you can get my information, see video clips, get information on my book. Otherwise, find me on Twitter at John Creasel. Uh, I'm on the other ones too, the LinkedIn, the Instagram, all the all the cute stuff. Not on Snapchat though, because I'm tired of seeing but, nudes. Yeah, you're tired of seeing. Once nudes? I got with this new my new <laughs> wife, I deleted Snapchat. <laughs> okay, oh, because well, there it was just. See, don't say my new wife. Use this one. I use it all the time. My final wife. <laughs> well, your final correct. wife. Your final wife. My. Faithful wife. There you yes, go. She's awesome. Oh my God. Boy, look at this. <laughs> Shots fired. Officer down. We'll be back next week I with love more you guys. fun with the car selling secrets from Walzer Automotive Group. Over and out.